Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Showing blitz. Snap. They bring pressure. He'll run it himself up the middle. Dances outside. He's got room. Track. Whoa. He's gone. Kyler Murray, 12-yard touchdown run right up the gut of defense. Austin Stock during the game at tight end. It's a pitch to Lamb. Toss back Basquin. He throws to Hurts. He's a one-man show. Touchdown. Jalen Hurts on the receiving end this time. Jason White, who's in the shotgun with four wide receivers. Cowboys a three-down lineman. They come with a blitz. White back to pass. Hit as he throws. The pass is deflected, and it's caught by Bradley. Off the far sideline to the 45, to the 40. He may score. 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Oklahoma. He caught his own tip. My, It's my favorite bit of color at the end of a, a touchdown call. He caught his own tip. What about during the play? That's unbelievable. Just right in the yeah. middle of it. If you could yeah. sum up the uh, the history of Bedlam in one play, well, that touchdown by Mark Bradley might might do Jeez. it there. Yeah, I, I can hear the life exiting their body, uh, both of them, <laughs> <laughs> during the as, middle of that play. As he got closer and closer to the he end zone. He got his own tip. Yeah, Tom was not happy about that one. Oh, that's great. Good stuff. Man, I, one day away – I'm just I'm, – I'm curious how the first drive offensively goes and how the first drive defensively goes. Um, defensively, I – it would not shock me if Arkansas State came out, put us on our heels, marched it down, and maybe we give up a field goal or something. You know, defensively, it's so it's so tough. They've got they got so many new players. Arkansas State does. They're going from a running quarterback a year ago to a pocket quarterback this year. They've got a, a big offensive line, six five, three hundred twenty pounds across. You know, they're going to have some things that we've never seen before in store for Oklahoma that they kind of throw on us there probably with some up-tempo behind it and there's gonna it wouldn't shock me if we had a little bit of a scramble trying to get our bearings good in the first drive good. or two yeah I yeah. mean I, I just think for like the overall growth of this team I mean just, just for like you're looking for tomorrow to present a challenge and I think that that's exactly like the real challenge tomorrow is in the first what two, three drives of the football game? Probably. I don't. I don't hate that whatsoever for this defense. Yeah. You don't get to relax. You got to come out like, okay, we don't know a lot. Let's see what they throw at us, and we got to adjust. I, yep. I, I I love that for those guys. And, you, you mentioned how, by the way, real quick, uh, how they were going to come out the first offensive drive and the first defensive drive. Yeah. Total opposite the past two years. Back in 2021, Rattler throws a touchdown, or excuse me, throws an interception on the second play of the game. Tulane scores right after and takes That's a 7-0 right. lead, and we're like, oh, God, I knew the hype was fake. I, I, I knew it. Last year they scored 21 points before you could even blink, it felt like. Yep, that's true. Yep, that's right. Um, I, you know, and for us offensively, I'm, I'm curious to see. I think Levy will probably get into his old um, 
you know, his same type of rhythm. Start off with, you know, something easy, whether it's a, a little hand sweep for, to a receiver in motion or throw a bubble. He usually, right out of the gate, likes to get the defense to where they have to run to both sidelines just to get them a little winded. I wonder if he does the same thing or if he says, uh, nope, we're, set, we're, we're, gonna, we're developing a mindset. We're going to line up, show you what we're doing. I don't care if you got eight in the box. We're going to run right over the top of you. Marcus Major going to get the first carry if that's yeah. how they draw it up. Sure seems don't that you way. think? Yeah, sure seems that way. As of yeah. right now, it would be uh, – not, not that I think that what we saw Tuesday is going to look like when they go to Texas. I think that's going to look a little bit different. But for tomorrow, yeah, it feels like it'd be a surprise if it's not, if it's not major tomorrow. What did we see Tuesday? We saw uh, an oar at the top ah, between the Major and – yeah, yeah, Major and Tommy I see, Walker. I see. Uh, yeah, yeah. I Listen, the way it's going to go, we're – it's, it's going to clearly narrow itself, whether it's by injury, whether it's by, you know, production. You know, there's going to be four guys that we start off the season feeling pretty good about. We'll see if Saul Chuck's going to be available. But, you know, you're going to have four guys, and it'll narrow itself probably down to two with maybe a third in the second half if a couple of guys are getting worn down. Yeah. That's probably what you're going to end up with. And, you know, Tawi right now, it feels deep, but he's the only one that doesn't have a, a recent injury history that makes you worried about it. You know, you, he's major, dependable. Dependable is the word right. for him. I also think that he can truck over people as well, but more than anything, he's, he's dependable. I would say, Tawi, like, if you can guarantee me he gets carries tomorrow, which I think is the case, I can guarantee that he he's going to absolutely flat back one of the Arkansas State. I already defenders. told you that on Tuesday that that was going to happen. Don't be stealing my prediction. You told me. Yeah, I told you okay. earlier this week that Tawi Walker is going to embarrass someone tomorrow. Appreciate the heads up. That because individual I've been... was going to going to be wearing an Arkansas State uniform. Yeah, I don't know. He may hit one of his own players square in the back. He could. He could, uh, he could eliminate one of those 87,000 will fall in love tomorrow if he runs over one of his offensive linemen and still has a big play. He goes and scores yeah. after that. Um, who is um, who's Arkansas State's best player? Is it the quarterback, their best receiver, the transfer from Syracuse? Mainly, like, who's – if you're going to pay attention to one person from Arkansas State tomorrow, who, who does it need to be? Um, I would say on, on their offense – I would say probably maybe Sneed, the five, the former five-star recruit to Ohio State. Um, but you know the the Jackson kid, the Syracuse leading wide receiver is not a bad pick. Um, JT Shroud, I don't know. I I'm not too worried about him, honestly. I'm worried that – Oh, he falls in, you know, towards the bottom of quarterbacks that OU is going to face this year. Yeah. I just – like, in terms of what Arkansas State is good at, that is kind of still on the upper end of things that they are good at, like quarterback wide receiver going right. into tomorrow. You know, um, on their defense, there's a couple of guys. Um, the uh, – the Hassler kid that's going to line up at edge. He was a he was a former linebacker. He's converted to edge. 
He's going to be a pretty good player. Bland is their big physical defensive lineman. He's 315 kid, uh, transfer from North Alabama. And then they got Straker and Willicus at backer. Um, Willicus, he's kind of got the pedigree. His brother was an All-American at Michigan State. So of those guys, I don't know. I'd probably be more interested to see how they do against Bland and Hassler. At, on the front, yeah. you know, see if they can give us anything. It's a self-scout tomorrow is what it is. Yeah. It's a self-scout for all of us. 214 says first play is a deep bomb to Andrew Anthony. Boy, that'd be something. Go deep I on the first not. play and they hit on it for a, for a touchdown. Well, that would be good if they hit on it. But I mean, I'm not saying that it won't happen. I, would, I wouldn't say – I wouldn't take it – I wouldn't say Levy wouldn't do that, but I would like to see them like, settle in a little bit because if you have a long foul ball right out of the gate and then you're punting, punting like, the crowd's not going to be happy. They're already, for whatever reason, a little on edge about Dylan Gabriel. Last thing you want to do is go throw a deep incomplete. Well, I mean, I, I think after everything that happened, what was the big complaint with the offense? I think that's what happened. Didn't they do that last year right away and threw it incomplete? Did or they was... throw? Yeah, maybe they tried a deep ball down the field in the first play. Anyway, like the big complaint last year offensively as a whole was, golly, the drives are 25 seconds long. They may score in 25 seconds, but it could be a three and out. I, I, I'm sure there was an emphasis on slowing things down, sustaining more drives. Like, and when that's been kind of the complaint and maybe the focus all offseason long, they'll take shots tomorrow. I just – I'm kind of with your theory. I think the first one or two drives is going to be more about let's run the football, let's throw some short bubble stuff, get our wide receivers in open space. Let's, you know, yeah. work a little bit slower than just pumping deep balls down the field. I think we're, we're going to see plenty of them, but – I. I would imagine that Levy's going to settle into the. Uh, it's just an opportunity to bit. kind of say to everyone, say to your team, this is who we're going to be offensively this year. Yeah. And I think who they want to be offensively this year is they want to run it north and south a lot more, sustained drive, everything that we've talked about for eight months now. Yep. I agree. And, you know, it's hard to say, like, I know we'll talk about it, but, like, what do we. What's what numbers or or benchmarks do we need to hit tomorrow to come out of it feeling good? I mean, it's really hard to say. I, to me, it's I'm more concerned with the running game, and not that tomorrow's gonna if we run the ball for 300 yards against Arkansas State. Not that that means like boy we've got it this year. It's gonna be we don't even have to worry about it. We got a great running game. That's not gonna be the case, but. I I just I'm I'm anxious to see if we can develop that nastiness on the line of scrimmage. If if they run for 300 yards against Arkansas State, yes to what you just said, but to like overanalyze like some of those, I, the the O line's going to open up holes. That's not going to be an issue. I'll feel maybe a little bit better about things if we see the running backs in the second level. And they're breaking a lot of tackles, making guys miss. Like if if they if they run the ball like crazy, just because the offensive line is opening up holes, but the running backs they're not doing much in open space. Then you kind of say, eh, like, I, I want to see this. I want to see these guys get to the second level, 
Tawi Walker truck stick someone, whoever's breaking tackles, just getting yards after contact is what I'm probably going to overanalyze from the run game tomorrow. You want to see if someone's got a little wiggle got, in him? Got a little wiggle in him, yes. Yeah. Cherokee Sooner says Tawi Walker goes 70 yards for the opening touchdown through a gaping hole on the left side. Mm. Dang. 70? Okay. JR and Broken Arrow, we're going to line up in the wishbone first play. Crowd will go crazy. Yeah? Uh, that is bold. 580, how about for a, another bold prediction? Oh, you will have three 100-yard rushers. Three running backs are going to have to hit on big plays, like 50-plus-yard plays, I think, for that to be the case. Yeah. With I, everything I being honestly, so split. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I feel like you're going to get I, – I don't, I don't know that – let's just say – because I don't know if Saul Chuck's going to be available or not. So let's just say you've got Major, you've got Tawi Walker, and you've got Barnes. I'd be surprised if any one of those three guys saw double-digit carries. I don't think they will. Yeah. I think they'll probably all have about eight carries or so, and then you'll start to see – I think they'll get down the depth chart pretty quick. I could be wrong on that, though. Uh, 918, I want to see the play mule shoe play that scored two touchdowns versus Texas with Kennedy Brooks. No. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that since. Didn't see it after that for the rest of the year. Ran it three times yep. that day. One went for a big gain, the other two for a touchdown. It's that little fake sweep thing they had. Is that the one we're talking about? That's the one we're talking about. Yeah. Kennedy Brooks ran for the game-winning touchdown on uh, on that one. You, uh, you you nervous tomorrow? I, it was it was pretty cool to hear Bob yesterday when he was on with us saying, like, "I'm not a nor- I'm not a nervous person," and he's never really looked like a nervous person on the sidelines. I'm not a nervous person, but he always got nervous for that first game. Uh, I'm not nervous, at least not right now. I'd probably be feeling different if we're, you know, playing a top 25 type of football team. But right now, I'm not nervous. I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a pretty standard football game. Uh, we, with what I've seen, and it's not a lot, but it looks like through training camp we were a pretty sharp squad. Now, I, I do expect there to be some rust and some things happen tomorrow, probably a couple penalties, maybe a turnover or two. You got to expect some of those things. But otherwise, I feel like it's going to be a pretty sharp game, and we should, uh, we should have our way pretty good with Arkansas State. So nerves are low right now for me. All right, quick timeout. Hanging out the brown bag today over on the west side of Norman. Open daily from 1030 to 930 p.m. You can dine in, drive through, or order online. To order online, visit thebrownbagok.com, and it's easy curbside pick. And for our Under the Radar segment brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising Under the Radar Sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU Innovation at boydstreetventures.com. We will be at Boyd Street Ventures tomorrow for the pregame show on Campus Corner, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., along with Balfour of Norman, on Campus Corner from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, as always, we want the text line to be involved with the under-the-radar. Who's going to be the under-the-radar player on Saturday? Let us know, 405-651-3439. In the meantime, 
how about an under-the-radar storyline going into tomorrow? We're all wrapped up with, is Jackson Arnold going to play? Who's going to get the first carry? Which receiver's going to look the best? All these newcomers on both sides. Who the punt returner is, who the kick returner is, how well the punter does and maybe the two or three times he punts all day long, and the field goal situation, to me, yeah. is a very under-the-radar part of of tomorrow's game. Like, there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that can happen tomorrow. I'm hoping that we don't walk out of there saying, "Ugh, your kicker missed two field goals today." That's not a great start. Right? Yeah. Special teams. Special teams, quite frankly, last year were bad for us. There was some there were some good moments, but overall, I wouldn't say it was anything to write home about. Uh, we had a great punter who hit some huge bombs, but he also led the conference in touchbacks by a huge margin, punting the ball into the end zone. Not good. Um, obviously missed critical field goals, gave up some explosive plays, so we've got to be better in special teams. There's no doubt about that. Even if you just want to say we've got to be better putting the ball – through the uprights, I mean, that's plain and simple fact. Yeah, I mean. And I don't necessarily feel great about it. You don't feel great I feel about okay. kicker? I don't feel great. You don't feel great about kicker. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to feel great about kicker until they're in a clutch spot sure, so and a clutch a kick is yeah. – like, tomorrow I'm not really worried about it because of how I think the game's going to go. Same thing for the SMU game, same thing for the Tulsa game. I won't really be worried about kicking until they're in a close game or we get to Dallas, one or the other. Because, honestly, man, yeah. like, if, if, if Schmidt goes three for three tomorrow, that's great, but you're often judged as a kicker by how well you perform in the big moments. And the big, uh, big moments last year down the stretch, they – just wasn't great. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. They, special teams must be better all around, specifically kicking the ball between the uprights. Under the radar player for tomorrow from the 405, Gentry Williams. Just want to see a young local kid okay. do well. Yeah. I think, that's a, I think that's actually a good pick. You know, we don't talk a whole heck of a lot about corner, and – if he plays really good at corner tomorrow, it should fly under the radar. If you're locking guys down, guess what? The ball doesn't get thrown your way very often. Nine one eight under. And it can be super quiet. Under the radar for my liking is Gavin Freeman. Multiple scores and two of those touchdowns from twenty to thirty yards out. Booma. I don't know how under the radar it will be if Gavin Freeman scores yeah. twice on big plays, but I do love the effort there. I do appreciate it. Right. Uh, 580, right. Tawie Walker is the under-the-radar guy. He'll be the go-to guy by week three. Ooh, under-the-radar and a hot Ooh. take. Don't hate that at all. Thank okay. you very much. Okay. Uh, what? I, I do think he'll be under the radar in a sense that, like, we talk about it every day, but for, but for fans who aren't, like, wrapped up in it every single day, I – following the training camp position battles and all that stuff, it 
it could be a bit of a like he's going to fly under the radar and people are going to be like Tawi who? Not exactly a big household name for the Sooners yet. Hardmore Sooner under the radar for me. DG hits all the slant passes. That's pretty funny. Ooh, <laughs> nice little little intermediate passing game. Clinton Tulsa, you heard it here first. This is this is under the radar right here. Clinton Tulsa says you heard it here first. Josh Fanuel is going to have himself a day tomorrow. Five catches and two tutties. I can't wait for the PA guy to say his name. That's going to be a fun one. Josh Fanuel. That's going to be a good one to hear. I don't know. I, um, I've seen him in practice quite a bit. Like, this is a – it's an under-the-radar position battle that may be – one of the bigger things happening out there is like the backup tight end situation because we're thin there. And as, we, as it sits right now, I don't feel great about the position. Okay. But guys can show up and show out once they're out there on the field. Like, and that's what's going to have to happen with him. I've seen him in practice quite a bit. And he's been – there's there's way more potential there than what what I've seen, yeah. Uh, if that makes sense, and hopefully playing in a game, you know, kind of lights the fire. Let me let me roll through about a handful of these, and I'll and I'll get your under the radar yeah. player. Uh, my under the radar player is one of the backup tight side ends catches a touchdown pass. That individual yeah. from Tonkawa gets the show. Thank you. Under the radar, nice. all the pink in the crowd, but much deserved. Ooh. Love that. Stogner from the 580 for under the radar player. Uh, Reverend JP says Kobe McKenzie for under the radar player. And I'll do one more. Ron and Alito says under the radar player. PJ Hadabare has two sacks tomorrow. Uh, it's impossible for him to be under the radar. He looks different He's than anyone so else big. out there. Yeah, the radar is going to be going nuts as soon as he walks out onto the field. Um, I can't wait to see him play. That's it's. I hope he has a big day and things start to click a little bit. Who's the under the radar player tomorrow? I think it's going to be Kip Lewis, Ooh. inside backer, playing the wheel position. Stutzman's backup. I don't think a lot of people know who he is. Um. But he can absolutely fly. He can absolutely strike people. He's got, he's got great instincts. He's a big play type of linebacker. He's just a little light. If he, you've heard me say this before, but if he's able to put on 15 pounds, Kip Lewis is going to be hell on wheels out there on the, fo on the football field. And I think that, you're probably not going to have Stutzman in for a really long time. He, he may be a play the first, depending on what the score is, obviously. He may be a play the first series of the second half kind of guy. And if that's the case, Kip Lewis is going to excite some people. That's your Under the Radar segment brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising Under the Radar suitor startups. Learn how you can help support OU Innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. And, hey, Come see us tomorrow at Boyd Street Ventures on Campus Corner from 7 to 10 a.m. We got a few minutes here before we hit a break, so let's run down some of the big national games. Colorado and mm. TCU, 
No Ooh. one is giving C- CU a chance. Though Fox last night was hyping up that game, weren't they? It was like, hey, here's a 60, here's a 58-second promo on Colorado and Dion. And, oh, by the way, here's two seconds to tell you that they play TCU on Saturday. Fox is all in on TCU. Fox is definitely rooting for Dion. I just I think TCU is going to smoke them. Well, I think this may be the play for Fox. Get as many people as possible to watch Colorado's opener because it's going to be the only game they watch of Colorado the entire year. That's probably right. I think uh, – and I don't know, maybe they shock me. Uh, because, frankly, I don't know a whole lot about the roster other than it's a 100% swap out of what they had before. And even though the roster was terrible previously, it's not like they upgraded on every single player that came in. A lot of it is just filler. And I think TCU is actually going to be really good. And they're probably pissed that all anyone's talking about is Colorado whenever they're the team that played in the national championship last year they didn't get picked to do anything in the uh in the conference what were they picked fourth or something like that tcu is coming into this season with chip on their shoulder and my guess since colorado is going to be a conference buddy of theirs coming up uh next season they're going to do everything in their power to embarrass them yeah well let's just cover the 20 and a half at least i would if i was come on frogs now if colorado were to win and it's hard to even bring up that scenario they're they're such big underdogs but if Colorado was to win this game, you think you've seen CU hype this offseason? Yeah. No, 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 no. You haven't seen Colorado hype, like if they win this game oh tomorrow on the road. It'll be unbearable. It'll be awful. Right. Colorado will turn yep. into one of the most nope. hated teams in the country if they beat TCU tomorrow. Um, one more. Let's hit LSU-Florida State. It's the biggest game. Top eight matchup. LSU without their best defensive lineman and their best running back. I – still think that's enough. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. Give me LSU by a field goal. Yeah, I think it's going to be tight. I'll take LSU. I think I think Florida State may be getting a little bit more praise than they deserve. Um, not to say that they're not going to be good. I, I, I don't believe that's the case at all. I think they're going to be a really good team. and I, I almost – I'm almost hesitant to say that they're overrated because I think they're a fringe top 10 type of team, but um, I really need to see it from them. I wasn't all that impressed whenever we played them in the in the bowl game considering the disparity between the two rosters at the time. Uh, LSU is a is a deeper, more talented football team across the board. FSU may check the boxes on a couple of positions, but – FSU is not even better at quarterback. No, both both good teams, but not just kind of left a just a bad taste in everyone's mouth at the end of the year. LSU won their bowl game convincingly over Northwestern, but they they should have beaten Northwestern. But they lost to A and M in their final regular season game, a bad A and M team. And we saw Florida State, and we saw what OU was rolling out there, a six and seven OU team. And I I agree, man. I was not impressed. OU played well that night. One of the better games they played all year long. But even with that, I wasn't super impressed with Florida State that night. No, I agree. I agree. We'll see, though. I mean, they they have some serious – they got NFL talent uh, kind of spread throughout that entire team. So, it, 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 would, it would not be a shock if Florida State came out and looked really, really good. I just – I kind of – 
I expect LSU to get the win. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out the brown bag in Norman. Newest restaurant in Norman. You can dine in here, drive through, or order online. Order online by thebrownbagok.com. Great food here. I am actually about to try the tacos myself, so I'll, uh, I'll give you a review later. Quick timeout. We'll be back. This is the Ref Sports. Heydayfun.com for more information. Yelagosny Law is bringing you what caught Teddy's eye. When you call law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer at Yelagosny Law? Communication is a priority. That's Yelagosny Law, 405-800-8080, Let's get to it. Story number one is. Well, uh, well I'll start right here um, in last night's, a couple from last night's football. Um, Florida, not what I imagine the Gators fan base wanted to see with a lot of the penalties and stuff and dialing in on on that a little bit more. I got to tell you, if I was a head coach and my team got a penalty for a duplicate number, we had two guys out there on the field wearing the same number. I would, I would grin and bear it there on the sideline, but in the locker room, after the game, I would take every single two players that have duplicate numbers and make them fight to the death mm. over who gets to wear like the that. number. Yeah. Done. That's some new school no coaching more duplicate numbers. right there. I, I like that quite a bit. Or just give them number 54, it, the number that nobody wants. Just think of all of the crap that teams have to, like, juggle through because guys are all bent out of shape about what number they want to wear. Like, we got to put on these stupid, like, Velcro fake jerseys. And it's, it's not very hard at all for things to get out of whack. And all of a sudden, someone's got a shoelace that's broken. And Joe Blow, who wears number three, has to run in the game real quick uh, to take a rep on special teams. But, you know, the other number three is already out there. And here you go. You give a free automatic first down to a team at the at midfield because of a five-yard penalty. Like, that stuff gets you beat, That man. was the only and thing I more maddening. I would eliminate it instantly. That was the only thing more maddening last night than Nebraska getting down inside the five-yard line and then having a oh five-yard false start penalty and back themselves up. Like, I, oh, thought, come on, I thought guys. we were going to see Matt Rule have a uh, stroke right there on the field at that at that point, watching that whole debacle, no points out of it, inefficient with the clock. And then the way Nebraska gave that game away with the fumble, with the interception, like the whole way that thing unfolded, it was so – Are we sure he <laughs> hasn't was... resigned today? He's like, you know what, on second thought, I'm good. If this is what it's going to be like, uh, I'm, I'm out of here. Thanks. So, after all, guys, you can't save this program. You, See you later. No, you don't it's even have to pay me my buyout. Thing. I can't do this for the next five years. No, thanks. I, there's never been a program find more ways to lose one-score games than Nebraska. It is just For a once-proud program, right? Like, bad, like a program that's been bad for 80 years, I'm sure they always find ways to right. lose. But a once-proud program now, they it's – and you know what's scary for them? is it's become such a thing that I bet it's kind of ingrained in the walls a little bit there. 
And I, I think right. it's difficult to reverse that, man. Like, I don't, I don't think that you can just finally win one close game and all of a sudden that goes away. Like, you I, – I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of under the belief that's a process to get rid of because that's in everyone's – that's in the coach's head, the player's head, the fa- that's in everyone's head now every time you're in a close game. Right. Okay, and the other thing that I have is – and I don't know a whole lot about this. I'm hoping maybe you can shed some light on it. I didn't find a whole lot of info out there. So some people are saying that perhaps the University of Southern California played uh, Christian Roland Wallace, who should have been ineligible to play for the first half of the game, and they played him in week zero. Is this true? Like, What have you heard about this deal? Um, I guess he was. Al- I'm, I'm actually reading about it now. He was. Uh, he was playing. He's ejected. In, yeah, he was playing for Arizona last year and ejected in the fourth quarter. But I, yeah, I, I guess this was kind of. I could see how this would be an oversight, don't you? Just a kid that you right. got from Arizona, you had no idea that he was ejected in the second half. Heck, maybe he forgot about it. Um, I don't right. know what, what. Like, what's what's the punishment going to be? I don't know, um, and like, who keeps track of it? I, that's that's um, what I'm saying. I, like, yeah, like who, like, was someone like with a vendetta against USC, just ready to, to pounce on this one if they didn't sit him out the first half? This is a highly unlikely scenario, uh, but you know the NCAA is kind of throwing their weight around right now, trying to remind people that they are still in charge. Um, technically. This what I'm reading here says there is a threat of USC's victory over San Jose State being forfeited oh, man. because of the participation of an ineligible player. Now, it seems like that would not be the case, right? Um, I probably serve that suspension in the next game. Um, I don't know. It's just something that's interesting that happened, and I could see through the transfer portal like how all of that could get lost in translation oh, they a bit get lost for sure so i don't like i don't i don't think there was malicious intent by usc i think they just flat out didn't know like it would be different had they been playing notre dame in week one or week zero right yep. and there was like some big game not san jose state so uh it just just an interesting little tidbit to follow uh okay i got a few here first with florida's loss last night at utah Florida has still not won a true road non-conference game outside of the state of Florida in 34 years since Florida beat Memphis on September 23rd, 1989. It's the last time Florida won a road non-conference game out of its own state. Now, they've only played two in that time frame, um, but it's been over over 34 years since they've done it. Jeez. Hey, uh – that's a good win, too. Memphis was good in 89. Yeah, great so. players all across the board. You remember that You remember that team that they had, too? Yeah, they were special. Yeah, they were 2-9 and nine that year. 2-9. and nine. Dom McKinley, five-star defensive lineman out of Louisiana. He picked Texas A&M a little over an hour ago. Picked Texas A&M over Oklahoma. It's, I haven't heard any or seen any of his uh, comments afterwards, but it felt like it was an OU A&M battle going in. He picks the Aggies. That's another tough Cruton loss to those guys. Uh, uh, you learn something new every day. 
I'm guessing that Memphis was in the SEC in 1989. Uh-oh, Did you know that? You are sidetracked now. I didn't know that. That's interesting. I knew, I knew huh. Tulane was in the SEC at one point. I think Georgia Tech was in the SEC at one point. But they were probably – were they Memphis State at that time in 1989? Uh, I think they were Memphis. Not, I feel like they were Memphis State at one time. didn't say here, but you may be right. But they played all the uh, all the SEC teams and a bunch of independent teams. Uh, okay, Weird. Cal announced it will not receive full ACC revenue shares until its tenth year in the league in 2033. Woo. Stanford and SMU in the same situation as well. Yeah, SMU is betting on itself right now. They're not getting much of a payout at all from the ACC early on, but the opportunity to be in a quote unquote major or power conference was too good to pass up. Yeah, I don't blame them there. And I don't know. I guess some people thought that maybe like NCAA tournament money, I maybe doesn't factor into that, and that may kind of help make up some of that. And didn't we hear that SMU? Some of their big boosters said that yep. if that move happens, that they would supplement the the budget. That's nice. Mac Brown plays tomorrow night against South Carolina, and if he beats the South Carolina Gamecocks. He will become the first FBS head coach in college football history with 100 wins at two schools. Mac has 99 wow. wins at North Carolina and 158 at the University of Texas. Again, Carolina plays South Carolina tomorrow night. Mac could. You think uh, Mac Brown can beat the Cox? Um, I, when when has he not been able to? I, I think that Max uh, Max definitely going to by at least 10 points. Still going strong. Old Mac Brown got a chance to uh, pull off something special there. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> I like the way that right. you set that up. Quick Jeez. timeout. <laughs> Unbelievable. Quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap up our number two here from the Brown Bag in Norman. Sooner Football Talk lives here. This is The Ref. It's Raymond and Austin. We're back on All-Star Sports Radio, celebrating their... Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you the sour of the rush on an OEC football Friday. Good football last night. Some didn't love the Nebraska-Minnesota game, but came all the way down to the wire. I enjoyed it. I What I really enjoyed, I had no idea that Howard Dean uh, is calling football games now. Oh, my gosh. Did you know How that, funny was that? Oh, my gosh. I, I had no idea. In case you don't know who uh, Howard Dean is off the top of your head, he's this guy. And we're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. <laughs> and then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! And here's what it sounded like uh, during the UCF game last night. For Kent State, Miller, Shepard, and Blue. Designed quarterback run. Look at Plumley Scoot. Woo! John Rice Plumley showing off that athletic ability. Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! Dude, that was a Howard Dean call right there, baby. You got me fired up. Let's go. Oh, Plumley's a he's a nice player now. It's um, obviously opponent, all of that stuff factors in. I get it, but UCF looked looked pretty good. He is pretty efficient, um, pretty if, smooth. If we were to like come up with an underrated Big Twelve quarterback, yeah, I think it. Yeah. I think it might be him. I think it might well, be him. Yeah. And yet another quarterback in the Big Twelve 
that doesn't get near the credit that Quinn Ewers gets. But John Rice Plumley may have accomplished just as much as Quinn Ewers at this level. Probably yeah. not that far off, if not. I mean, that kid's super athletic. Yeah, he had eight carries for 90 yards and a touchdown last night. Now, he did throw the two interceptions. Um, I didn't see those. I just see it here in the stat line. But uh, he was 22 of 30 for 281, 73% completion, three touchdowns, two interceptions. So he's, he's one of those guys that I could see really, like, bursting onto the scene this year because he's – He's a he's a massive unknown to a lot of the the Big Twelve folks out there, and myself included. I, I include yeah. myself in that, but uh, he's definitely athletic, multi sport player. Back to USC playing a player last Saturday that should have been suspended. Sean says mm-hmm. sources tell me Clark Stroud keeps track of suspensions. It's obviously his fault, and the game should be forfeited. Mm. Yeah, that would be amazing. Okay. Yeah, if it was announced like late tonight or early tomorrow during college game day, USC forfeits game against San Jose State. Oh, it would be. I, 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 well, I would probably giggle snort at that one if, if it were to happen. It is. It's, a, it's an oversight that should have been caught. But, you know, I put the majority of the onus of that on the player, you know, I, he knows he got kicked out of ejected from a football game last year, the last game of the season, in a fight. I, I'm sure whenever he's walking off, I, you get, I guarantee the coaching staff said that's not very smart. Now you got to miss the first half of the game next year, and everyone kind of knows how those rules are, and. He just forgot or thought maybe no one's going to notice. Or it, maybe maybe, it maybe dissolves maybe in the transfer he didn't portal. Think, I, I, I don't think I would know if it would carry over to the next year or not. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd at least Whoever. ask. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it would just be – they're not going to have to forfeit the game. But it would be hilarious if that's how we all woke up tomorrow morning. No kidding. You, you, uh, and judging by the way they play defense, maybe they should just go ahead and forfeit that game. Ooh, go ahead – Forfeit it as uh, as if it as if it never happened. Do they play Nevada tomorrow night? Is that let's, right? Let's go Wolfpack. Yeah, let's yeah. get it done. Well, you know they're going to score yeah. about twenty eight points. Twenty eight. That's your over under. Yeah, for that's all year long for okay. USC. Okay, we'll see. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back here at the Brown Bag and wrap up the final hour from the rush next. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app. The Ref Sports Radio Network. For the latest recruiting and Sooner news, catch Tyler McComas. Maybe this is it. Maybe we are truly in the home stretch, Parker. And Parker Thune. It doesn't matter what position he plays. Sure. Just get him on campus.